Hey, everybody. Um, how's everyone doing? Hey, Jacob. Um, so today I'm going to be finishing off our series. We've been going through, um, by the way, my name is Jace. I forgot that. Um, I'm a deacon in training, but we've been going through uh, different passages Uh, quotes really from Jesus that were controversial then, they're controversial now, and they mainly, uh, I guess I'd say, pertain to discipleship. So I'm going to real quick, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, The awesome quote I get is from Luke 14. If you want to turn there, you can. Um, If you have ears and you can hear me, I'll just read it to you real quick. Um, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, and wife, and children, and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We're going to stop there. We will go back. Um, I'll go ahead and end it quick. So what you do is with your family, I think you meant to include your in-laws too. It's just like subtext. But you think about everything that they've done wrong. You think about kind of their personality traits that you dislike, and you dwell on it, and you let it kind of like boil in you, and then it's very easy to hate them. So, all right, we're done. No, um, so we're going to actually get into that because it actually sounds like a different God than the one we serve. I mean, I've heard uh, a channel, it's called Secular Talk on YouTube, and then there's uh, The Amazing Atheist. He's actually not that amazing. I think his name's like Kevin or Kyle or something. He's got a cool beard. That's about it. Um, But they'll use this passage actually to say that we have a God where in 1 John it's mentioned by the author that if you do not love your brother, then the love of God does not um, abide in you. Basically, if you hate your, it says, I think it actually says, if you hate your brother. Um, so you got that, and then you have God is love, but then you have Jesus over here saying you've got to hate these family members. It's like, what does this mean? So we're going to uh, dive into that. First off, I'm going to show where they would rightly say, at least from their perspective at first, um, why it would be a contradiction, why Jesus would be contradicting himself. So I'm going to go to Matthew 15. Uh, we're going to start at uh, verse 1. Let me get there. Okay, so then Jesus, well, then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourself transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your mother and father, and anyone who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God, or Korban, he is not to honor his mother or father. And by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Now I kind of got into the weeds, and I'm not going to you know, expound too much on it, but basically you see Jesus very furious at these religious leaders because they were adding extra kind of man-made rules to what they would have understood to be their scriptures, which at the time when Jesus was saying this was the Old Testament. They just had that first half of our Bible, and it told them to honor their father and mother. Well, they had this kind of uh, kind of a, a religious uh, offering they call Korban. It started to become an excuse, though, to just say, I got this money saved up that I'm apparently going to give to God one day, so I can't help you out, mom and dad. And it really, uh, in, in our culture today, it's, it's not quite the same as back then. Um, they were more communal. They kind of would have, uh, inter- if you made it past 30 or 40, if you're, you're lucky, um, you would have an intergenerational house, and you'd care for your family. It's not like in our culture where we're, like, ready to get our parents straight to the nursing home. Like, oh, they're 35? Oh, you're kind of walking weird. Get to the nursing home now. Come on. We're done. 
Um, where back then they were actually expected to, uh, to actually, you know, care for their, their family. Um, so Jesus is very upset. So this is a Jesus that's saying you should honor your father and mother. That doesn't seem like you, he's saying hate your mother and father, correct? I mean, I think we can see that. So then I'm going to go up here. Um, I'm going to also talk about this guy named Paul. I think we might know who this guy named Paul was. He's a very devout follower of Jesus. Um, he wrote the majority of letters um, that we have in the New Testament. And he, and he's apparently this great Jesus follower, he's saying in Ephesians 6, we're going to go to Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Um, and there's other passages where we hear from Paul where he talks about the relationship between husbands and wives. Nowhere does he say you should hate each other. He actually specifically warns against you know, fathers embittering their children or making their wife resentful, depriving each other of certain marital obligations and sorts of that. So obviously that doesn't seem like hating your family members. So I think it's safe to say that maybe we need to revisit what that word hate means in the passage in Luke 14. Um, and it's actually um, unhelpful to use that word hate. Um, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing the whole translation, and I'm no uh, Bible scholar by any means, but in the New Living Translation, it actually says, um, if anyone does not love less, love their family members less than they love me, they're not fit to follow me, they're not fit to be my disciple. Um, we use English to, to read because we're English speakers, but when the New Testament was written, it wasn't just like they spoke English differently. English did not exist. So when we, years and years later, translated it into our language, sometimes it goes through this filter. And when it goes through, sometimes it comes out all blocky and weird. And when we use the word hate, we do not think of uh, loving something less. We think of ideas that we despise. We think of, we hate racism, we hate uh, lying, we hate thievery, we hate police brutality, we hate misogyny, we hate uh, Hitler, we hate the Holocaust, we hate, we want to destroy those things, right? So it's just not very helpful that we use the word hate. Um, that's the, tr the word that the translators have chosen to use, and I think sometimes people are scared of seeing other words, but that's why it's important if you're not a scholar, if you're not uh, a Greek reader or Hebrew reader to be able to look at other translations and, and look at people that have been studying this stuff that spent thousands of dollars to study this stuff um, to kind of see the different options. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, you know, expound on what this passage actually means. I spent most of the time talking about what it doesn't mean. So we're going to go back to Luke 14, 25. Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I hope that in your head you said love less. If anyone does not love less. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He was basically telling them, Whoever does not carry their electric chair and follow me, 
um, is not worthy to be my disciple. It's a little bit, well, not a little bit, it's a lot different nowadays because when I ask someone on the street, some average person on the street to follow Jesus, I'm actually, I, in theory, I'm asking them to give up their life, but um, the, the probability of them actually losing their life in this country to follow Jesus is uh, like this big. Now, Someone might unfollow them on Twitter or Facebook, or they might get banned from YouTube and have to go to some weird uh, silo, uh, echo chamber, other app that's just one opinion about everything. Um, <coughs> Rumble. Um, but there, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to see the weight of what he was saying when we shove it into our context today because it actually isn't that hard to follow Jesus in this country. Now, here's the deal. You can get called out in the mission field. You can get called to maybe a country where there's, uh, you know, terrorists or there's a country where they don't have quite the same resources and, and the government is uh, um, even more corrupt than our own government. So when he says this stuff, it, it was very radical back then, and it, it blew people's minds. Um, and back then, even though the word he was using was, basically to hate less, to hate them less than, or to love less than you, um, I need to go back. Even though I've just explained how that word hate doesn't really mean what we think hate means today, it still would have been radical back then because, like I said, they were a very communal kind of culture, especially the Jews, and it would have seemed like hate if they were to say, hey, mom, dad, everything you taught me, um, the fact that you say we're still waiting on a Messiah to come, um, I think it's bogus, you're wrong. That would have been very disrespectful to them. They wouldn't have liked that. And if you see in the book of Acts, a lot of Jews didn't like the Jews that were saying, no, like we're going to follow this Jesus guy. We're going to listen to his teachings. Um, so this is just one of those passages that uh, is, you know, it's a very good passage to use to explain the cost of being a disciple to someone um, and it's almost, it's a very bad sales tactic. I know you, you would not, Dwayne, I'm pointing to Dwayne, by the way, for those of you who aren't omniscient, um, but it would be a very bad sales tactic if you're selling a new, a new Honda and you said, by the way, this thing is going to break at any time. You have to be willing. You have to sign this contract. It will break down at any time and you'll, you might die. Um, they would be like, uh, no, we're going to go somewhere else. We'll go to the other Japanese car company. We don't want this one. We'll go to uh, whatever one. The ones, they, they, they just run better. They run longer, okay, guys? Um, but Jesus often does this in these passages. He kind of is almost buying it back. Um, but he's doing that so that, and it's a good thing to do that when you share the gospel with somebody, when you present it to somebody, that, hey, your parents might actually think you're being disrespectful. Um, society might think that you're being hateful or mean or bigoted by rejecting maybe some of the things that your parents have taught. Um, so if you do that, they're not going to get ticked off at you if that actually happens. Uh, I'm very young Christian, but I've had a lot of times where I've seen people who were sold this gospel that's, um, follow Jesus and it's going to be great. You're going to get a nice car and uh, you might change some of your opinions on a few things, but other than that, everything's going to be fine. But that's not always the case, um, especially with some of the crazy wackiness that's coming um, from my generation and that people in my generation are buying into. So it's good to, to let them know, hey, your, your parents might not like you. You're 
you might have to kind of cut ties with certain family members and uh, uh, relatives. Uh, even your own children might think you're some backwards religious wacko. Um, and you kind of, at some times, there'll be situations where you want to join in at work with the kind of banter that they're, they're talking about or go out with them and do the things they do that, you know, Christians are called not to do. And it can kind of suck for your flesh, and that's just the reality. But if you tell someone up front and you're honest with them when you present the gospel, when that happens, they're not going to be like, it's too hard, I can't follow Jesus, like you're not giving them a bad gospel presentation. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, but you can't hate your parents. You can't hate your kids. Um, you can't hate your wife. You can't even hate your in-laws. You're supposed to love them, but you should not let your, you should not let your devotion to them oh, supersede what Jesus has commanded of you. So, wow, I did it in 13 minutes. Sweet. Okay. Hey, Lord, thank you for getting us all here in one piece. Um, thank you for allowing me to learn about you and of you. And uh, thank you for giving us all this information to be able to know you better and to show you to the world uh, properly. I ask that uh, wherever we're lacking, you could help us grow. And uh, whatever we need, that we would supply it to each other um, with all the gifts you've given us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.